Hello everybody, Matt Hardman here in the mobile studio with a new recording device. Uh, bringing you a, uh, a long-awaited episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. The plethora of programming. Oh boy, ah, yes. New recording device. Um, apparently my LG phone had finally started to crap the bed and... Unfortunately, it was time for a new phone. So, uh, with that, I lost. I lost like three episodes. One episode of this just kind of tying up the West Coast swing, and two episodes of On the Road with the Race Nerd, which kind of sucks, especially for you patrons. I had two fun-filled episodes all lined up, and those have gone kaplitsky because apparently when my phone decided it was not going to work anymore, well, it still does. It's nothing more than an over-glorified iPod at this point. Um, But I had to do a factory reset, which lost. Lost those files. So um, here we are. This is going to be attempt number five at this. I did two attempts on the full West Coast swing, finally got one that I liked, and one each on the other ones that were only, like, partial episodes. Oh, boy. So, we'll try this again. Uh, this will be attempt number six. Uh, so, uh, bear with me. We're going to fly through the racing real quick, um, because there's a lot of news we got to cover. Oh boy, and it is heavy news. Wow, there is so much going on. Alright, so with that said, we are going to skip Pop Quiznos this week. We are just going to go straight to uh, the racing results. Um, We'll start off with Auto Club Speedway, the final weekend of racing for NASCAR on the two-mile circuit in Fontana, California. NASCAR's uh, stop in SoCal in that Los Angeles market. And uh, we would see with Fontana going out with a bang as qualifying in the Xfinity race Uh, would be hit with a snowstorm. Yes, it does snow in Southern California, apparently. Uh, With it being in the foothills of the San Bernardino Mountains, Xfinity race would be postponed till after the cup race, so we would have a doubleheader on Sunday, no track activity on Saturday also canceled qualifying for both Xfinity and Cup. And the Cup race would see Kyle Busch win his 61st race. His 61st win. um, His first with RCR. Uh, I think people expected him to win, but he came out of the box early. Uh, This is his third win for three different teams. 
uh, in his cup career there. He won his first race in 2005 with Hendrick Motorsports. For those of you who remember that far back, you um, obviously had won multiple times with Joe Gibbs Racing and now has won with RCR. Uh, it was also the 19th straight season that Kyle has won a race. Did I say Kurt? I meant Kyle uh, earlier. That Kyle has won a race breaking the tie that he had for the most consecutive seasons with a win with the King, Richard Petty. Uh, he also um, helped put the Bush brothers, Kurt and Kyle, as the winningest brother duo in NASCAR history, uh, breaking the record that was held by Bobby and Donnie Allison. So, some pretty amazing records there that Kyle has, and um, this was a very, very humble Kyle. Um, I, I will say, I did not hear the boos that you would normally hear uh, with Kyle Busch wins, and um, I, I genuinely heard a lot of cheers uh, during the race broadcast and um, the post-race, so very humble Kyle in um, Victory Lane, I think, just after everything that he's gone through with um, his divorce, quote-unquote, as you could say, with Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, but this was this was a, uh, like I said, a more humbled Kyle, and uh, I, I think that we're, we're starting to see a turn um, with the fans, you know, in their perception of um, the Candyman, or the former Candyman, I should say, obviously. Um, then, right after that, we would have the Xfinity race, which would be won by John Hunter Nemechek. So, John Hunter Nemechek goes in the history books as the last NASCAR driver to win on the two-mile circuit for Auto Club Speedway. Um, interesting little tidbit there. Uh, not a bad way to start your career. Uh, so, we move on to Vegas, where William Byron would pick up his fifth career win in dominant fashion, uh, taking the lead uh, on a late race uh, pass uh, in overtime, passing Martin Truex Jr. as he would lead Hendrick 1-2 to the finish, um, and he would he led a good chunk of the race. This was definitely a Hendrick race. I, I I didn't foresee that coming. I honestly thought that the Fords would, and Toyos would be really strong uh, as history has shown us uh, throughout the years at Las Vegas. That, uh, the Blue Wall Bowl is it's one of their stronger tracks. For many years it was um, the strongest track, one of the strongest tracks for teams like Roush and JGR and David Petsky in more recent years. Uh, so we had that. Uh, on the Xfinity side, we had Austin Hill picking up his second win of the season. Um, our Daytona Xfinity Series winner would um, go to one and pick up his second W, becoming the first winner in the top three series to have multiple wins. Um, 
so we would have that. Then we would move on to Phoenix, where we would see William Byram once again win. Um, he would go back-to-back. Last driver to win back-to-back races in the Cup Series was Kevin Harvick last year at Michigan and Richmond. Um, that catapulted him into the playoffs. And then um, he would... Uh, this would be win number 99, I believe, for the 24 car, one shy of uh, the 24 car hitting 100 wins. Uh, so very interesting, very very fitting that the uh, that the man standing in victory lane next to William Byron is the guy who got 93 of those wins in the 24 car, the one and only Jeff Gordon. I will say the picture of both of them with those huge, huge oversight ball caps. Uh, it's ridiculous. I think those things are stupid and need to be burned. And whoever came up with that idea needs to be incarcerated. Those are ridiculous. For those of you who haven't seen, just um, Google pictures of Victory Lane, Phoenix. Um, and for, Bowman, uh, for uh, Byron, this is the second race that he has won. Um, on in overtime on a last lap pass, as this looked like it would be wrapped up for Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin, the closer, had this one in the bag until a late race caution um, caused by Harrison Burton allowed the field to catch up to Harvick and ultimately pass him, uh, going on a two-tire strategy instead of the four-tire strategy on, on those pit stops that allowed them to get around, get, get caught up to Kevin, and then pit stops kind of put Kevin back to fifth place um, after restarting seventh on that final caution. So, with all that, and then we had the Xfinity, the Xfinity race, which was won by Sammy Smith. Uh, Sammy Smith, who is running the 18 car this year in the Xfinity Series full-time uh, for Joe Gibbs Racing, picks up his first career bit. And I will say this young man has, he's very impressive. Um, I watched him in the Arca Series and when he ran a little bit last year in the Xfinity Series, he came close um, in a part-time season to picking up a W. This season certainly was no different. Uh, so he he finally gets that W, and now I, I think that he can be a surprise when it comes playoff time, especially in places like um, Richmond and um, Martinsville. I think those are where he's going to run strong at, and with that Joe Gibbs power plant under the hood, I would not be surprised if he runs uh, strong at many other tracks like Michigan and um, such. So, alright, alright, now we gotta move on to the news, because we got caught up on all that. Um, actually, before we get to that, we'll talk about Casey Roderick winning the first ever race for the ASA Stars Series. Roderick, who um, was a developmental driver for Bill Elliott back in the day, um, had gone God through in this ASA series, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like a reboot of the old ASA series, 
Um, this is a a late model series, you know, kind of in competition with the car series that uh, Dale Jr. and Kevin Harvick and Justin Marks and Jeff Burton all bought in now. Um, this, uh, they run pretty similar. Um, so, I mean, this is a, uh, a, a, a fun little series. They started off at Five Flag Speedway. And uh, I know they kicked off their season, and now the now the car series kicked off theirs. But I'll, I'm drawing a damn blank on who um, who won their first race of the season under uh, the watch of the new ownership. Um, so I apologize on that, but I think the car series is going to be fun to watch in 2023 I also I'm also I'm hoping for both series to be successful even though I'm kind of pulling more for the car series um, one because I'm a more familiar with it and some of its drivers like um, Brandon Brandon Queen aka Butterbean aka probably one of the most fun sponsors out there um, Mark Wentz uh, Deke McCaskill you know, these are guys who, you know, I know of. Um, I'm, I am actually a fan of uh, Butterbean Queens uh, long before he got introduced to a lot of people who don't follow late model racing um, via um, the Dale Jr. podcast and all that. Uh, so, um, pulling for both to be successful. Sorry, got on a little sidetrack there. Um, like I said, I'm pulling for both to be successful because late model racing is where you're going to find the next big stars. I, I truly believe that. Um, you know, for years we've been getting uh, drivers who've been coming with sponsor, you know, with sponsor will drive type deals. Uh, some of them off daddy's money, grandpa's money. Um, others just through connections uh, that we've got drivers come up through iRacing William Byron being one of those uh, TJ Majors uh, the the spotter for Brad Keselowski uh, came up through uh, iRacing he, he used to iRace back in the day with Dale Jr. Uh, before he got his start and eventually moved into the spotter role. Uh, so we have all those. Um, as far as, you know, drivers coming up through late models, that's where Josh Berry came from. Uh, there's a lot of talented drivers out there. I'm expecting Lane Riggs to come up uh, within the next couple of years. You'll be seeing that name more often. Uh, Lane Riggs, who is the son of former NASCAR driver Scott Riggs. I think he's got a lot of talent and can be a force in the series, so uh, that's it. But speaking of Josh Berry, we're heading into the news now. Josh Berry finds himself in a very interesting position, at least when it comes to Cup, as he is filling in for Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott, who uh, finished runner-up at the final Fontana race, um, between the weeks of Fontana, the week of Fontana, and the week of 
the Las Vegas race, had gone snowboarding in Colorado, broke his leg, needed surgery, and he is out of the car for multiple weeks. Um, had, had surgery, was replaced by Josh Berry at Las Vegas. Um, kind of a last minute thing, um, you know, which worked out for Berry because one, not only of the connections between um, Hendrick Motorsports and uh, Junior Motorsports, Dale Jr.'s team, which Barry drives for, there's also the fact that they're roughly the same size, so they really didn't have to do a whole lot of adjustments um, to the cockpit area of the car for Josh. And, well, Josh has won two races at Las Vegas, so it wasn't a bad idea. Granted, he did finish 29th in his first real run in the next-gen car. Um, he will be filling in until Talladega uh, in the 9 car for Elliott, minus uh, Circuit of the Americas, where IMSA driver Jordan Taylor will be running the, uh, the Napa Chevrolet at Circuit of the Americas on the road course. Uh, Jordan, who has seat time at Coda with the IMSA car, uh, he will be filling in that spot. Uh, Jordan, who, while doesn't really have a, a true connection to Hendrick Motorsports like Barry, uh, he does have a, connect, a connection with uh, General Motors as... Um, his father, Wayne Taylor, has been competing uh, in the IMSA circuit along with Jordan for many years under the Chevrolet and Cadillac brands. Uh, so this was kind of a no-brainer uh, in terms of General Motors and obviously Rick Hendrick being uh, a huge part of GM's uh, NASCAR uh, circuit. So, we have all that. Then, as if things don't get easy for Hendrick Motorsports, um, at Phoenix, prior to practice, NASCAR had found um, the hood louvers, which are the little ducts on the hoods of these new next-gen cars, um, were not in compliance with... Um, the um, manufacturer uh, settings and the rule book. Uh, NASCAR had confiscated the hood louvers off all four Hendrick cars and the 31 of Justin Haley's car of Colic Motorsports. Uh, they would be taken to NASCAR's R&D Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. It really didn't affect the teams because William Byron still dominated the, um, Hendrick still dominated the weekend. I shouldn't just say William Byron. They, they still dominated the weekend. Uh, obviously, Byron winning his second race of the season. Uh, but penalties came down. And they came down hard. Um, all four Hendrick teams were docked 800 owner points. Uh, their crew chief suspended for four races each. They all four Hendrick Motorsports also got 
$100,000 fine for each of the four teams. And William Byron, Kyle Larson, and Alex Bowman all got hit with um, my apologies if you hear the car kind of shift funny and the engine race. Um, they all got hit with 100 point driver penalties, which is big in the case of Bowman and Larson because neither uh, were in the in the win column this season and therefore they they were bumped back to 32nd and 34th in driver points with this penalty um, granted there is still time for them to make to make their way in now their backs are against well obviously they're going to have to win to make the playoffs Bowman um uh, not Bowman, Byron, it doesn't hurt as much where he has the two wins. Uh, he's still obviously in the playoffs that the season ended now. But at the same time, he loses all his playoff points. So all the points that he had scored for um, winning stages and winning the race, that would really move him up in the playoff ranking, those are all gone. So basically he is starting with zero at this point. Um, if he wins races, then he'll be eligible for those playoff points. But as of right now, none. Uh, the same penalties were handed down to Justin Haley, which puts the college racing in the 31 team in a pretty big hole, the $100,000 uh, fine. Obviously, the 100 driver points, the 100 owner points, and the suspension of a crew chief for four weeks uh, puts them in a bigger hole because they get their parts and everything from Hendrick. Now, you're probably wondering, where does this leave the nine car? Now, the nine cars got the same penalties, um, the same four-race suspension for their crew chief, Alan Gustafson. Um, the $100,000 fine and the 100 owner points, but because Chase Elliott is injured, he is unaffected by the driver points penalty. Um, and Josh Berry is running for the Xfinity Series Championship, so he is not eligible for Cup Series um, points. So they kind of get off on that. Now, the interesting part is with Chase Elliott, um, NASCAR, HMS, and Chase Elliott have not requested a waiver for him to get into the playoffs as of yet. Uh, so that could be a, a very interesting sticking point later on in the season, uh, if they do. Uh, now, Hendrick Motorsports has a said that they will appeal the penalty saying that these were that this was brought to the attention to NASCAR by Hendrick Motorsports before the cars even took the track and that the cars um, it did not affect the racing that we saw at Phoenix 
So they're saying that the penalties against Byron and Larson Mull should be rescinded for the Phoenix race, basically what they're saying. Now, um, what's very interesting about this is that Colic Racing runs two full-time cars. Uh, Justin Haley in the 31, who is hit with this penalty, in the 16 car, which is run by A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. Allmendinger was not found to have these hood louvers in uh, the car, which I find very, very interesting, because either A, that means they were running with um, previous louvers that were already set up on the 16 car, or B, you know, that they just did not give AJ that, and that, um, that this was a kind of a, um, a, um, sorry, lost my train of thought there for a second, a, a, a spot where, um, Almondinger would, um, would avoid penalty, you know, they did Maybe they didn't think that AJ needed it. I don't know. I, I don't know what the thinking of those, but I find it very interesting that one of the colleague cars, which is prepared by Hendrick Motorsports, got hit with this penalty, and one did not. So I don't know if I fully believe um, the Hendrick Motorsports excuse and why that would be that. But that's not up to me to decide. You know, I know court of public opinion, especially with NASCAR fans, is... They're very fickle, um, so it's very interesting to see where um, what happens with this. Now, uh, another penalty that was handed down after Phoenix um, was to Denny Hamlin, twenty-five points and I forget, a fifty-thousand-dollar fine um, for intentionally. Um, Involving himself in a skirmish on track with Ross Chastain. Now, if you remember right, Denny and Ross aren't on each other's Christmas card list. Uh, Denny said last year that he owed Ross and eventually he would pay him back. Well, Phoenix came the spot for it as he ran um, Chastain into the wall. And um, as they were in the high lane, they two cars made contact, Ross rode the wall, and whatnot, and um, nobody batted an eye at this, you know, we all thought it was kind of interesting seeing these two kind of get together, but on Denny Hamlin's podcast, uh, Actions Detrimental, which is very fitting, because that's what this penalty fell under, Actions Detrimental to the, uh, to the sport, uh, Denny admitted that this was intentional, um, he did say that this was intentional, that this was payback uh, for everything last year and all their previous entanglements um, throughout Ross's young cup career. Now, this wouldn't be the first skirmish Ross Chastain has gotten into, because as we know, he got into one at Darlington uh, when he was running for Chip Ganassi's Xfinity Series team on a part-time deal. Um, Kevin Harvick got into it, uh, took them both out of the race, and uh, they were both 
pretty critical of each other. But in this case, they did have a discussion after the race. Um, obviously, tempers weren't flaring as it was reported um, and, and posted to social media. I believe it was Bob Podcrass who broke this one um, with the video. And um, that... Uh, It was it was civil. They both said that you know that they're that the basically it comes down to saying that they're even and that um, there shouldn't be any more issues. That that they're square. They're all good now. And and Ross obviously knew that this was coming. He even said it last year uh, after one of the races. He said he knows he's got one coming uh, from Denny. So. This, that this is it. Hopefully that this is the end of it. Obviously NASCAR did have to step in where Denny had blatantly said this on the podcast. I'm sure that they might have had the inkling in the back of their mind that this was intentional but with Denny confirming it in such a public way like he did that they, they were forced to take action. And you know, yes, it was a boneheaded move by Denny Hamlin. Not the incident but the the admission of it, you know, um, but while being boneheaded, I do, th I, I'm not gonna lie, I think it was kind of stand up at Denny to say, yes, that was intentional, um, kind of keep the naysayers and, and the, uh, the speculation at bay that he did own up to it, saying yes, that was intentional, and yes, they are all good now after that, um, but at the same time, like I said, you can't go around saying or doing something like that on social media. Uh, so that kind of, that, that, you know, the 25 point penalty and the $50,000 fine, I think that's going to really be, um, it, they shouldn't have any more issues, but I really do think that, you know, if, if that's how it ends and, that, and that's the circle you know, not really the circumstance, but the, where this whole, you know, how this finally played out, I mean, that's pretty simple, because Denny, I think, can make up the 25 points within, you know, the rest of the regular season, so I'm not too worried about that, um, I, I have a love-hate thing for Denny, um, He's, he's a talented driver, but, you know, sometimes his ego and his mouth do get him in trouble. Uh, has got him in trouble in the past. Uh, he's had run-ins with other drivers like Joey Logano. Obviously, Ross Chastain. Brad Keselowski, which I was there for. The Brad Keselowski one. But at the time, everybody had an issue with Brad Keselowski. Um, in, in the... In, I, I will say, I, I used to think Denny had matured from this, um, but obviously that's not the case. Hopefully now with this, you know, it'll be more cognizant of what is going on and what and what he says on social media. I mean, he he said he's, he's sure he's going to get fined and everything, uh, but now he's got all that and... I know people were calling for his head, calling for sponsors to do stuff for him, calling for Joe Gibbs to lay down the law, and I even heard people on um, NASCAR's XM channel calling in saying that Michael Jordan sit, sit down with Denny, uh, Denny's partner at 2311, 
could sit down and have a chat with him about his actions. And to be honest, I don't think Michael Jordan's going to sit down with him because uh, comparing his ownership role at 2311 to his uh, driver role at Joe Gibbs, they're, they're apples and oranges. And also, this is Michael Jordan. This is Michael fucking Jordan. Um, Jordan, who is known to get into people's heads when he played basketball, that's why he, without a doubt, is one of the greatest basketball players ever, and probably, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I know this is not racing, but I, I'm gonna die on the hill, uh, Michael Jordan is the best basketball player to ever play the game, and he did that by just these little, some of these little mental tricks, um, these little... Uh, mental games. I mean, he's known for that. Uh, so, um, with that said, you know, I don't think Michael Jordan's going to sit Denny down and say, don't do that. You know, you gotta, you gotta do everything the right way. I find that a load of horseshit. Uh, but anyway, um, so we have all those penalties that were handed down. We have uh, obviously, Chase Elliott being out of the car for an undetermined amount of time. Uh, well, determined. They're, they're saying that he should be back by Talladega, which I think is a bad move. Um, with somebody who just came off an injury, throwing them into the car at the fastest track on the circuit, a track that's known to have um, huge multi-car wrecks, spectacular wrecks. I mean, we've all seen wrecks at Talladega that are always in the highlight films before we even see, like, finishes to these races. You know, whether it's Ricky Craven flying up into the fence, uh, the, the Jimmy Horton sailing over the fence and landing um, in a field outside the track. Uh, Carl Edwards getting spun in the front stretch by Brad Kozlowski. Wow. Another Brad Kozlowski incident. Um, you know, there's so many of these. I think it's a bad idea for Chase to go back in the car. I think maybe sit him one more week. Uh, I don't remember what's after a Talladega, but I think sitting him in the car for one more week, if the target date is Talladega, is probably the smartest and safest thing for Chase, so this way he doesn't re-injure his leg. Um, other news, I'm just going to hop on real quick. Um, at Circuit of the Americas, Jordan Taylor won't be the only new face we see in the garage, as we have two former F1 drivers, two former F1 champions, um, will take the field at Circa of the Americas. Uh, the first being Kimi Rakuten, who um, ran last year for uh, Trackhouse's Project 91 team. Uh, Kimi will run again for Trackhouse in the 91 team uh, at Circa of the Americas. Uh, this will be the second ever cup race for the Flying Finn. Uh, the Iceman uh, he, he ran respectable last year at, at Watkins Glen, so there's no doubt that he, he will run respectable at Circuit of the Americas. And 
joining him in the field uh, with a three-race deal with Rick Ware Racing. Rick Ware Racing lands an F1 legend with Jensen Button, the 1999 Formula One Series champion, uh, will join the NASCAR ranks for three races, uh, starting with Circuit of the Americas, uh, the Chicago Street Race, and the Indianapolis Road Course uh, in the 15, the number 15 Ford Mustang. Uh, for Rick Ware Racing, uh, this is a deal with Ford, Mobile One, and um, Stuart Haas Racing. SHR will be um, providing the car and technical support for, for the 15. And, and basically what comes off as a fifth um, SHR car, um, as this one is done all in shop, just under the Rick Ware banner. I'm actually excited for this. Um, I really like this. I'm not just excited. I really like this. Uh, we've seen Jimmy Johnson come back from IndyCar. Uh, and Jimmy will be running Circuit of the Americas as well. I forgot about this. Um, you had Jimmy Johnson come back from IndyCar to race NASCAR. You had Travis Pastrana. You had uh, Cody Ware, who's had some IndyCar experience. Uh, we had Connor Daly uh, run the Daytona 500 and IndyCar racer. Sage Karam, who is a part-time IndyCar racer. You, you, we're, we're getting back to drivers from other disciplines coming over. Uh, and now we've got two former F1 champions trying their hand. Um, like I said, Button will be in for three races. Rackinen, I believe, right now it's just... Circuit of the Americas, but um, I'm not 100% sure if there will be more races with Kimi in that 91 car. I know that there's been talk of drivers like uh, Sebastian Vettel possibly being in the 91 at a later race, possibly Watkins Glen. Um, so there, there's definitely a lot of international talent and world-class talent trying their hand in NASCAR and this next-gen car, and I'm really excited. And mind you, this is all with, as we talked about with um, Jordan Taylor there as well. So I'm really, really, really excited for this, and I'm really hoping that we um, that we see, all, you know, a lot of good stuff uh, come out of this. You know, maybe we'll have a lot more crossover. Um, I know Helio Castro-Nevis is still trying to get that Daytona 500 spot. I know that there's been Kyle Larson will be running, you know, Indy this year and next year with Arrow McLaren Racing. So there certainly is a, a lot of crossover, and that's always great for the sport. Um, this is a, a I'm not going to say a renaissance period because, well, um, you know, knock on wood. Know, we'll we'll actually have a, a you know 
we're, we're picking up from where we left off in the 90s where NASCAR was the spot to be. So, um, we'll actually have all that and um, move on from that. Uh, so, we got all that news. We've got, um, got, I got some news. I'm going to break right now. And that is, tickets have been procured for North Wilkesboro and All-Star Race Weekend. Um, all I got to figure out is travel plans. Um, the week has already been figured out for uh, work. <laughs> uh, and um, I will, knock on wood, I will be down there all three days, uh, starting with practice and everything on Friday. We'll be there for the uh, Tyson Chicken 150 uh, for the truck series as the trucks return to um, to the track. And for the All-Star Race, I'll be joining with friend of the show and one of my closest friends uh, we will be heading down there and and everything else so um, I'm, I'm really really excited for this 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 will actually be my first NASCAR event in 10 years 10 years uh, the last one being the inaugural Eldora race which I can't believe was 10 years ago already uh, so with that said I'm, I'm really really looking forward to this and I'm really um, really excited um, as North Wilkesboro is one of the tracks that have been on my bucket list it was actually on my bucket list way way back when in high school um, before the track had closed I've, I've always been enamored with this track always loved watching racing from it whether it was on ESPN or TNN and I am super psyched um, not only that it is returned to racing but that I will be there I, I said I could I wouldn't care if it was just the truck race that I made it to so um, I'm really really jazzed for it, looking forward to it, and um, hopefully we'll be bringing you a, a episode of the Race Nerd Podcast from that, from that race, um, maybe do some bonus ones um, prior to it, you know, we've got a long ass drive, so um, could be doing that from, uh, from a new mobile studio, uh, and actually have a guest in Ed Ballow. So, um, knock on wood, I'll talk to him about that and probably hit something up. So, um, with that said, I'm Matt Hardman. This is the Race Nerd Podcast. Uh, I apologize to not giving you racing for three weeks, but we're back. And um, I will definitely, definitely be seeing you at the track. Until next time, have a good day. Thank <laughs> you.